Welcome to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, the Director of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bible Teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our work to make Christ known among the nations, go to traincpe.org or to discover about our radio ministry and our fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Now to God's Word for today. 2 Kings chapter 3 is an account of God's miraculous saving of the lives of three kings and their armies. Chapter 4 begins with a story of God providing for the need of one anonymous widow. God's grace finds a place for all, great and small. And as we'll see today, it comes to us in intimate and personal ways. There is no greater moment in human history in the moment in which Jesus Christ went to the cross to die for our sins. The Bible actually tells us that this moment in history was planned for before God even created mankind. The Bible calls the Lord Jesus the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. God being one, yet three in three persons, before he created, knew the rebellion that man would come upon, even though he had called upon them to live holy and not to disobey him, And he knew the problem that would result from that, our sin and our separation and its destruction and its curse that would sweep upon the earth. And God lovingly determined that at the fullness of time in the moment in history that the Son, the person of the Son would come and offer himself up sinless and without any sin in his life upon a cross to die for our sins and for the sins of the world. And when that day came, You think about it. We've talked about this before. When the Lord Jesus came to be born, he was already indicating why he'd come because he was born in a lambing place where lambs are raised to be sacrificed in the temple. In Bethlehem, that's where they were raised. And he was raised and laid in a manger where lambs and young newborn lambs were raised and laid. And Jesus said of himself that he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was his whole purpose. That was his design. The whole purpose and reason of Christ's coming and walking upon this earth was to fulfill the sacrifice and punishment for our sins. Live a righteous life and die in our place. And not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world, John tells us in 2 John chapter 2, verse 1. So Jesus came, and the moment came when all of the torrent of sin that is accumulated upon the earth up to that point in time and all the vast rivers of sin that would communicate thereafter and every individual who ever walked upon the earth was poured down in one moment, one intense moment in human history when the Lord Jesus hung upon the cross and there all of the history of human rebellion and defilement and sin and pain and suffering and misery was poured out on Christ. There's not a more intense moment in all of the history of the earth. It's the highest mount of grace because there the greatest expression of grace was offered up, unearned. Us deserving the wrath he experienced. Us deserving the pain and the suffering that he experienced, but he experiences it for us. There's no greater portrait or picture of the majesty and greatness, significance of grace outpoured, and from that point, then all grace to us flows from that mount. But here's an interesting thing. As Jesus hung upon that cross and suffered upon that cross and bore the sins of the world 
Out of all human history upon that cross, at that moment, he, he noticed one lone, widowed woman at the foot of the cross who needed to be taken care of, Mary. And so as he hung upon the cross, the apostle John tells us in John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27, the Lord Jesus turned to his mother, Mary, and said to her, Woman, look at your son, directing her attention to John. And then he said to John, John, here is your mother, or look at your mother. John writes from that time on, Mary was taken into his home and cared for, watched over by him for the rest of her life. Do you see that? At the moment in which the most intense and the most profound and the highest expression of grace that we might ever know was being expressed on the cross, Christ stops to care for one widowed woman and meet her need. Such is the extensiveness of God's grace. It flows seamlessly from the great moments in time and the great matters of time and history to the least person with the littlest needs. So Elisha goes from three kings to one widow, and the substance of God's grace is not changed. In one moment, God is pouring out water out of mountains into valleys full of ditches, a valley full of ditches, and the next moment, he's releasing oil from a little cruise to some empty pots in a widow's humble home, and it's all of grace. What, what does this mean for us? Well, some of you found yourself in pinches at times when you're struggling and prayers have been prompted from you. In that moment of prayer, you've turned to God. Maybe you're not in the habit of doing that, but in that moment, you turn to God and say, God, help me. I, I need a provision here. I, I need a job, or I need you to lift me out of this difficulty or this challenge I'm facing. You reach out to God for that little need, and that's wonderful and it's profound, and I just want you to know that if you can trust God, and you can find yourself to muster up the faith to ask for God for that little grace and that little moment of despair that you can trust God for the great salvation you need from all your sins and the eternity that he wants to give you as a free gift. On the other hand, if you've trusted God and been given faith to believe that God could forgive you of all your sins and you've called upon him to take your sins away and to grant you the gift of everlasting eternal life, don't you think that you can trust him for the necessary needs and the little needs of your life on a daily basis and the things that you're struggling with? The extensiveness of God's grace. Reach down from great to small or from small to great. Reach either way. God's grace is extensive and it's available for you. Here's the second thing I'd like you to notice. It's the intimacy of grace. The intimacy of grace. Grace is mysterious in its working, and it's personal in its application. God is immense. God is gracious in all that he does, and his greatness and his immensity. He cannot hide his gracious ways. He cannot conceal the greater expressions of his work of goodness. They're for all of us to see, and yet God does not grandstand in his grace. He comes to each person as a person, and he offers to each individual alone a measure of his goodness that is curtailed and shaped and molded and modeled to speak to their need and to their lives. And the great, 
the greater the treasure of God's grace, the more personal and quiet it usually comes. The more profound and meaningful the treasure of the grace that God has for you, the more it is oftentimes, it often comes to us in very personal ways, in very quiet ways. Notice that, the intimacy of God's grace. I think we can read the stories of the Lord Jesus and all the miraculous works that he's done. And if you pay attention as you read through the gospel accounts of God's miracles, you can see that there's not a lot of fanfare around it. You'll discover that there are no drums playing, no rimshot moments, no neon lights, no walking and pacing back and forth across a stage, calling people to come down at this moment. This is your moment. Come down. None of that. None of it. In fact, if you look at it, it was very natural and it was very quiet and if you read it and understand it, you would understand that if you were not paying attention at the time, you would have missed it altogether. Very often, Jesus would regularly pull people aside from the multitude in the crowd in order to touch them and heal them because it was meant just for them. We read the story in our scripture reading of the wonderful story of how he took out of the multitude a man that was deaf and dumb who couldn't speak and couldn't hear, and he pulls him away from the crowd, and then after he pulls away to the crowd, he spits as if he's telling this, he's forming a language just for this man, letting him know that he's going to touch his mouth. He spits, he, he touches the man's tongue. He looks up to heaven, he sighs. The man is watching him, getting language from his motions, and then he says, Ephratha. By the way, now we're all wearing masks. Have you noticed that? Have you discovered that much of what you understand people to say, you understand because you're looking at their mouths. Because now with their mask on, you can't understand, but you know, about a third or half of what they're saying. It's, what did you say? Can you say that again? Can you say that again? Jesus is speaking to this man, and he's, Afratha. It means be open. And his mouth is open, and God touches him and heals him. And Jesus so often as well instructed them not to go and tell anyone else. Keep it quiet. It was their treasure. It was meant for them. Others would not understand it. They would not appreciate it. They might scoff at it. They might see it as some kind of strange magic instead of a mysterious goodness that came to them from God alone. And without a doubt, this widow is going to go and tell people what God has done for her. She's not going to stop with Elisha. She's going to go and she's going to let all of her neighbors know exactly how God has provided for all of her needs. She's collected the pot. She's brought in her house. But before that moment came, before she tells everybody else, when the moment of grace is to be expressed in her life, Elijah informs her, shut the door. There's something just for you. Something for your sons. Something mysterious. Something individual. Personal. A particular expression that was to be kept from just common eyes for them alone. Here's an application for you in this. I think we need to be careful that the gospel of the saving grace of Jesus Christ, the gospel that says Jesus Christ has died in your place, has done the complete work of suffering in your place for your sins so that anything required has already been done on your behalf and you may receive this gift of salvation by faith alone. It's a wonderful message. I think we need to be careful that it doesn't just come out of our lips as a selling point, as a phrase of some evangelical script to sell a message to others or to sell our belief off to others in the evangelical church so they accept our credentials. Yes, I believe these things. It's a message of grace. 
God's free gift of salvation. It's a story that we are to proclaim and we do proclaim to all that we can. Just as the widow, we're going to go out and tell people how God has filled the vessel of our life with his fullness. But it can't be stated like a slogan. It can't come from our lips like a point of theological correctness. It must not be offered like a barker at a fair calling people over to buy his wares. It can't be stated like some plebe who's trying to find the secret word to gain membership into a fraternity. It has to come as an expression from our lives of that moment when God shut us into himself and poured his grace upon us. It has to come out from your own experience. Personal, intimate experience of God meeting you in your need, in your sin, in the moment of honest confession, in the moment of deep desperation in which you called out to God and God answered you. And God crafted in the unique story of your life the manner in which He brought to you this wonderful saving provision just for you. That's how the gospel has to always go forward. If the gospel goes forward from our lives without a personal message of experiencing the intimate touch of God's mysterious grace upon our lives, it will come off just like I said, like a sales pitch, like a mantra, like a slogan. It has to come out of our encounter with God. Thanks for joining us today at The Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism. To learn about our work around the world, go to traincpe.org. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.